0: Press Box, always blessed to have great guests, but I'll tell you what, at the end of the year, we thought we'd get something uh, pretty damn special. This bloke, he I'll tell you what, his rap sheet is amazing. He's been in the job for years, but he's done multiple Olympics, con games, you can talk about Wimbledon, the Ashes, he's done it, basketball, swimming, he's hosted Brownlow Medal nights, so he's done just about everything, but uh, uh, my main memory, just if I can indulge for a minute, is when he used to be the king, the host of the best AFL coverage around. Remember when Channel Ten had the footy? Yes, he was yeah, the main man. What a time! Stephen Quartermain joins us from Ten News First in Melbourne. Quarters, welcome to the press box. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Oh, what a great time that was. We'll talk about your time in the footy and and all this sort of stuff later on, but I must ask, and and we do this with a lot of our guests, you were obviously into the media as a young guy, getting in as a journo, and you're still here. Your longevity is quite clear. How did you get into the media, and and why are you still here? Why do you love it so much?
1: Well, I started straight out of high school, so I got a job pretty much a month after I finished high school as a 17-year-old with a newspaper. Uh, worked there for a couple of years. Ended up going to the ABC, where I did mainly politics and police rounds wow. and uh, industrial reporting. But I did, uh, on the weekend, uh, sidelight side as uh, the sports guy, because no one... I loved the sport, and no one there had any interest whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so, all of, all of a sudden, as uh, a... a Nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old. I was covering every big event Melbourne had to offer, from Test matches to Grand Finals <laughs> to Australian Open golf, Australian Open tennis. You name it, anything Melbourne had, I was front and centre for the ABC, which was unbelievable, really. I was just living the dream, and uh, so I was there for a couple of years, and I ran into um, used to ran into a couple of young guys called Bruce McIvaney and Eddie Maguire, out on the <laughs> job. And one day at the races, I think it was, it, it was, it was. Um, it was the, in 1984 at the races during the Spring Carnival, Bruce came up and said, you interested in joining 10? I said, oh, of course. Um, had an interview the next week, and before I knew it, I started at 10 in December 1984, oh, so wow. this wow. week I've been there 37 years. F- f- fair, fair, in- <laughs> in- <laughs> fair,
2: fair innings to uh, catch up on, Jase. <laughs> <of laughs> How many years go? you got to go for 37? Uh, yeah, 35. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, quarters. Uh, I'm the, I'm the old man in the building. Um, I I remember you as the the voice of the NBL in the 90s. And tuggers, you've yeah. you've, you've got some, gear, oh, haven't you? You've I got do. some.
0: You've got some good gear. Yeah, I do. Here's here's some moments that you remember. <laughs>
2: How many times did you say alley-oop to Copeland?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. I'd say uh, close to 100. 100,000? <laughs> <100, 000. laughs> that, uh, that was fantastic. They, those two were great, and they were great days. That's when basketball, in fact, probably for 12 months, and you might laugh at this, but probably for 12 months back in those early days in the early 90s, NBL was probably bigger than the VFL yep. for a year. Wow. for a year because the VFL was going really badly that numbers were down a lot of the clubs were broke NBL was riding on the on the coattails of the NBA with, in the Michael Jordan era um, and it was phenomenal here it was unbelievable the AFL well the VFL ASL quickly got their act together and it was only probably for a 12 month period but the play, the NBL players were earning truckloads of money it was great TV audiences the crowds were fell out the, the game was full of stars so they were just and, and the people in the basketball industry were just wonderful people so they were absolutely brilliant memories for me
2: It was prime time it was Friday night, Saturday night live yeah. across the country it was unbelievable but uh, I remember in 1994 uh, uh, Adelaide fans' hearts so I'm going to bring it up here oh. uh, uh, this happened in 1994
1: Scores a level so again North Melbourne will have the last play in this first period of overtime McDonald can win the game for North Melbourne he wants to draw the foul. goes to shot, oh! makes it, makes it a shot, and the game McDonald's. is over. McDonald has won the game for North Melbourne on the bike.
2: Now now, now I was there that night, I was uh, 12 Um, That that, that was about 10,000 people into a a stadium that probably held about 7,000 It went from about 200 decibels to zero (laughs) uh, at that that moment uh, uh, Describe that night, that was unbelievable
1: look As I said, the crowds were chock-a-block Every venue was full No exception The game was full of stars and Look, we were lucky. We had so many great games, and uh, that was just one of them.
2: Um, Cordes, Sam mentioned off the top that you've called so many great sports, so many big moments, but is there, is there one that stands out for you? Is there a special moment?
1: Yeah, probably the greatest uh, sporting uh, experience of my life was going to the 1988 Olympics. Um, I was a very wet-behind-the-ear boy from the burbs. Uh, it was my <laughs> first big overseas trip for 10, and that was, that, that was at the... Uh, the Seoul Olympics in South Korea, and that was where I probably made my uh, first big move when uh, Laurie Lawrence slapped me around. (laughs) Uh, uh, And that was uh, also... I, had, I remember on it was actually grand final day and Hawthorne were playing Melbourne in the grand final that day. Mm. Another great win by the Hawks, by the way.
2: <laughs> 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 just, just snuck uh, in that day? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, just like shelling tees, really. That was the day that Carl Lewis ran against Ben Johnson yeah. in the final of the 100 metres. And my job that day was to follow the two guys around from go to woe. Um, wow. And it was the most amazing experience, you knew how much they hated each other and all the controversies going on, it was an Olympic final it was probably the biggest 100 metre final in the history uh, of the Olympics and uh, you know, the rest is history of course course Ben Johnson won I get a phone call about 2am in the morning, better get to the airport Johnson's failed a drugs test Um, but just being on the finish line that day and basically seeing Ben's eyes pop out of his head as he crossed the finish line (laughs) and the disgust on Carl Lewis's face that's to me, is probably the greatest sporting moment of my life. Wow. And back on um, probably in Australian terms, um, with the AFL, um, what was probably your greatest moment did you feel like at AFL level? Uh, well, obviously calling grand finals. Um, mm. It's a privilege to, you know, like, like you guys, like growing up just adoring grand finals, Going, being a Melbourne boy, lucky enough to go to grand finals, and then to be involved in calling grand finals. Uh, just unbelievable. Just had to pinch yourself, really. Uh, and I suppose, uh, yeah, you'd have to say that the two thousand and five mm. was the oh, most of course. Uh, <laughs> memorable for me. Obviously, with the with an incredible finish, the Swans and the Eagles had this extraordinary rivalry. Uh, every game was decided by less than a kick, including the the two thousand and five Grand Final, of course, mm. culminating in that mark. What What was it like just seeing there, watching it, and what was going through your head as you were watching it all unfold? Pretty stressful to be honest. The grand finals are look to, in some ways they're the easiest games to call mm. because you've seen both teams play a dozen times during the year. Yeah, uh, but when it comes to grand final day, you know, it's there uh, in the annals of history forever. So you don't want to stuff it up. But that's number yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then when it gets close, you're realizing, crikey, um, you know, <laughs> you really want to get it right. That's right. And that day was stressful because it was such an intense game. Um, we were all crammed in the box and I was also judging the Norm Smith that day and I had Patrick Keane from the AFL breathing down the neck next- <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, it's, it's a 32 minute mark, mate, give us a spell the game's over. <laughs> and, uh, and then it was just my turn to call and uh, yep, uh, Dean Cox took a, a river mark threw it on the left and Leo Barry took uh, one of the most oh. famous marks in the history of the game. When you when you
2: got the words out, when you got the four words out, did you go, Jesus, I've nailed it. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I've nailed it
1: here. This is
2: going to be remembered for a long time.
1: You're not the first to ask me that. You know what? I have absolutely no idea, no pre-planning. It's not a term I ever used before, and I've really never used since. I don't know why it came out of my mouth. I don't usually use a term like that. It just came out, and it was... There was nothing pre-planned. It was just completely on the spot.
0: Mm. In the moment. And that's... I mean, we didn't clip yeah. it up at all, did we? Heads along the boundary line. Oh, good mark
1: by Cox. Cox throws it onto the left. One last roll of the dice for the Eagles. Leo
0: Barry, you stop! Now, how many times have you heard that, Quarters, honestly? And, and, and if you had your time again, would you feel like you needed to change that moment? Did you... Did you I mean, do you walk away from that feeling comfortable? Well, firstly, uh, if
1: I got a dollar for every time I've heard that, I'd be living in in St. Moritz driving Ferrari (laughs) on my super yacht. (laughs) Um, No, I wouldn't change a thing. No, I'm really – look, all I say is I was humbled and proud that I did the moment justice. That's all – you know, that's that's the commentator's job. And it was pretty simple words, I suppose, but you look back now and you think, yeah, you know what, it was – it was simple but it but it did the moment justice mm. and that's uh, I can look back now and say yeah you know, I was pretty proud of that
0: well in 8 grand finals I mean that's probably one of the more memorable but, but over the time you guys at Channel 10 did had an amazing run of having the AFL it's the only time I believe you've had the AFL really and, and yeah. a lot of people said it was a, like a real golden era and it changed the way people watch TV and watch the yep. AFL on television what was that environment like for you to work in and, and how revolutionary did it feel at the time for you guys
1: it was because you know, technology was going in leaps and bounds then, and and uh, Channel Ten and I got to also give credit to Channel Nine. We, we both were competing against each other, we were, and we both were trying to outdo each yeah. other. But I think both, I thought you know Channel Seven's coverage before then was certainly getting a bit tired, and a change was needed. And the AFL you know, put together a very good deal, and uh, Ten and Nine I think should be both complimented for the job they did, and they really took AFL to the next level. And, um, uh, it was absolutely terrific. As I said, the, the, the technology was coming in, and every year we had these new toys to play with. And the uh, production and the managers were, were having a field day. And yeah, it was it was great. It was a, it really was a golden era. And mm. and you know those ten years went so quickly. It was really really upsetting for all of us when we we lost the rights, unfortunately. But that's that's the way. That's the nature of the business. But. Uh, yeah, they were they were ten of the most exciting years, and and I still get lots of great feedback from uh, from fans and and viewers. I said, you know what, it really was a great era, and we missed those times.
2: Speaking of one re- revolutionary uh, thing that uh, Channel Ten bring did bring in was the five minute warning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Can, should the five minute warning come back?
1: Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, like I hate the countdown clock. <laughs> I loathe the countdown clock with a passion. <laughs> it takes the element of it takes the element of surprise out of a contest, doesn't it?
2: It takes a Leo Barry moment away
1: because mm. you'd know how long to go. Exactly right. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, had no idea. And I think we had, a, we, as I said, we were lucky to have a lot of close games back then. And I think, the and it, the fact that the commentators also didn't know a lot, how long there was to go, mm. I, I really think it's added to the spectacle and yeah I know that most sports have countdown clocks and in a lot of ways ASL's Americanized these days but I, I hate the countdown clock. No. I, I hate the I, I'd rather have the element of surprise brought back into it but I, I think I'm in the minority to be honest
0: no, no, I no, absolutely I not. A lot not of Australians, We've debated this for years, so it's just one of those things. Everyone wants it back. I think it's just one of those great uh, parts that came uh, during the Channel Ten years. One thing yeah, though, I've good, p- luck, p- good luck, with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys just get it back. Um, one thing though, I must say, which I, I heard because I spoke to a few people today. I said, look, we're talking to Stephen Quartermain on the show. I've got to- I've got to get a few questions together. What would you ask? And I got a really good tip off about a story about you in a bar with a particular movie star. His name is Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, Jean-Claude, 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 sorry. Well, <laughs> can I Can I at least ask you the question and give you the, the, the opportunity to tell us the story?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose I can tell you a little. It's a matter of public record. So <laughs> here we go. Look, um, unfortunately, uh, Jean-Claude wasn't covering himself in glory on this trip to Australia, and uh, he was... Uh, he was let's let's put it in a nice way. He was very handsy. <laughs> oh, okay. and he picked the wrong person to be handsy with, which was my uh, wife. And uh, oh, I uh, basically I didn't strike oh, him, no. but I pushed him quite vigorously onto his backside and uh, told him that it was he was out of order. He got wow. up and uh, all the bounces. All his bodyguards came up. I thought I'm in trouble here, <laughs> uh, and fortunately, the Crown uh, bodyguards or the Crown security—it was actually at Crown Casino—knew what was going on, and he'd already, you know, landed himself in a bit of strife up in Sydney, I do believe. Um, Anyway, fortunately, uh, Cooler Heads prevailed. He tried to buy me a drink. I told him to stick it where it fits best. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we moved on. Um, he, he went missing, and uh, I don't know where he ended up. But um, yes, and of course, then it ended up in the, in the newspapers. But fortunately, fortunately, back then, it wasn't like it is now. There was no, absolutely no social media or anything like mm, that. That's so, right. Um, it wasn't as big as blow-up as it would have been these days, that's for sure. But it did, certainly. I even got some calls from a couple of people in the United States who, who are actually a, a barman at a famous hotel in Los Angeles said, good on you, matey. And he said, I want you to send me a photo of yourself. I'm putting it on the bar in LA because I hate that bloke.
2: <laughs> so you're famous
1: in LA because of it. Like there's, some, there's, some, there's some famous bar in LA where there's this random picture of me <laughs> you know, from a bar so sitting up on a bar with an autograph on it.
0: love that. Um, well, speaking of blow-ups, uh, this one a little bit uh, more close to the sporting arena. And I, and I have to ask, I'm not sure if you want to talk about this or not, but I've, I've clipped it up anyway because it's something that I know a few of us, we big Triple M fans who loved you on the radio for years (laughs) back. Oh, Well, I, I have to. I have to do it for those at home that haven't heard it. There was a, a moment in the commentary box between uh, quarters and uh, a very fired up Jason Dunstall.
1: I asked you but the question. His future is becoming more and more cloudy, it's it's not. and I asked you, it's will no, it get more yet, cloudy or less yes or no? That's not his future. His future's well, not what one is his bloody future, year. Then it is not one bloody year. This is exactly what Channel Ten do. This is sensationalism. Oh, yes. <laughs> you're talking shit. Is what you're doing right Don't now? Don't swear on air. I'm telling you, man. you're talking shit. Don't swear and end. you are better than to know, that. you shut up and listen instead don't speak, of talking don't shit. not speak to me like that. Well, then I won't talk to you. Get out of the box Will do I will not work with Get Good. out of the box we'll right do. now Go on, nick we'll off. Just throwing a whole tray Of food on me. the whole tray nick off. I'm not crumbs. working with those Shut up Get out Shut, Shut up So steve Get out, that is unacceptable behaviour Get out Jason well, all these That guys is disrespectful are going
0: at Now I don't I hate to sort of play that again Because I know You've stood up for yourself Absolutely brilliantly there But that would have come up Over time to time as well But it's become Folklore Do you laugh <laughs> <laughs> Do you still laugh at it? I mean, how do you view it now? No, I laugh at it now, but look at
1: the time. It was, I, I, how I did not swear is a miracle to God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, look, it was it was poor behaviour by Jason, um, mm. and I was right. I, I knew I had because I was being my horse on contacts, so I knew Trent Crowe would never play again. Mm. He never did play again. And Jason, who was involved uh, intimately with the club, was telling porky pies. So I was trying to hold him to account, and he was conflicted, and uh, he didn't like it. And yeah, away we went. But to be honest, uh, it wasn't my my most favourite moment of my career but uh, <laughs> I, I, I certainly was proven right and I stood up for what I thought was right and I didn't like
0: his behaviour at the time. Did and a great so. job. <laughs> yeah, well done, Gordis.
2: <laughs> Gordis, how, how hard is it being like a fan and then having being a journalist at the mm-hmm. same time and actually reporting on the team that you love dearly but it's, you know, a negative story. It's a, it's a fine line, isn't it?
1: Well, it's not just footy. I've made a lot of friends in sport, and from time to time, I've had to uh, you know, make the hard call and do the hard stories, whether it be the Hawks or you know friends that are involved in footy or in cricket uh, or in golf. You know, sometimes you have to you have to be true to your job. So it has affected my friendships over the years, and it's cost me some friendships. Um, but that's the nature of the business. In the end, you owe it to yourself and. To the people you're reporting to that uh, you gotta, you know, call it as you see it. So yeah, it does make it difficult from time to time, probably with the Hawks. I think you've asked most four form players over the years, they'd say I was way too hard on them because I was probably trying to overcorrect. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which most, most I think most um, you know, most callers do have teams and uh, yeah, I think a lot of us are guilty of that. You try and overcorrect to so that people can't say you were biased, but sometimes you go too far and then you, know, you rub a few players up the wrong way. So it's a, it really is a fine, a fine line. Sometimes.
2: Now, cool, as you work with Jace pretty much every day. Uh, our man Kempi here. he's he, he, he got some dirt,
1: please, oh. please. Oh, I'm on I want to hear. I have at least absolutely something. nothing on him. He's, oh. He's, 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 oh, cannot be he a absolutely. clean skin. He is the poster boy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 Here we go. I'm going oh, to. Uh, he I'm walks gonna... around with makeup every day. <laughs> He's really. Uh, I've got nothing on him at this stage, but give it time. Yeah.
2: That's right. Thirty-five years to go, mate. <laughs> no,
1: <that's right. laughs> now quarters. One more thing that came out of last year: um, the shorter quarters and the shorter quarters shirts. Yes. No, <laughs> yes. What, what did you think about them? I loved it. That my what is one, one of my uh, really dear friends, Jackie Reed, who's a producer at Channel Seven, and yep. also uh, used to work at Ten, and, a, and a, 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 does the boundary for a radio station. Uh, in Melbourne, yeah, and she's got a weird sense of humour, and yeah, she. <laughs> I think some. I'm not sure. I think someone else might have come up with it on social media, but she grabbed it by the throat and went and printed a whole lot of t-shirts. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that were the way it went. So I actually, I got someone actually even bloody tweeted it. Couple of days ago, short of quarters. For some reason, I can't remember why. No, nah, that's that's all good fun. I love all that. That's the worst thing to happen to you. You're going well. So uh, no, I love. I've got as a, a wicked sense of humour as anyone. So no, that, I thought that was fun. Very funny. Great to
0: hear. Was well, fantastic to hear. Hey quarters, you've been a fantastic guest on the Press Box tonight. We really appreciate your time. You, are, well, I'm sure we're going to connect up again at some point. Your longevity in this game is uh, is quite clear. You're going to be there for a very long time. So only the beginnings for you, mate. So we uh, we look forward to chatting again soon. My Pleasure
1: Lads thanks once Again, thanks for having me.